The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. This episode of the Podcast of Terror is brought to you by our friend and frequent guest, Matt Vincent. Head on over to thehate.com. That's T-H-E-H-V-I-I-I dot com. And use the code HBG15 for 15% off your order. Welcome to episode 56 of the Podcast of Terror, a production of Galactic Nutcasts. This is the podcast where we talk about things that make you shit your pants. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is Corey. I slick my hair back like fucking Fonzie Scott. Corey, how are you? Hey. hey. <laughs> Please tell me you got both thumbs up. I wasn't watching the video. <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't putting him up anywhere in particular, but uh, you'll feel it when it gets there. That's true. That's true. He has very uh, fat thumbs. Chode thumbs, if you will. Um, all right, cool. Talking about stuff in my butt already. Uh, for more on this podcast, including show notes, contact information, subscription links, go to gncast.com slash pot. You can chat with us on our Slack channel during our shows at gncast.com slash sign up. And while you're there, you can subscribe to our newsletter as well. Podcast of Terror is very spoiler heavy. This week we will be spoiling the 1979? Nine. Yeah, 1979 video film. Um, the Amityville Horror, the original, not the remake oh. of Sexy Ryan Reynolds. Not 2005? Dude, did you watch the 2005 one? No. Oh. Well, I mean, yes, I've seen it before, but no. Not for this. All right, cool. No, no, that's good. You, you almost got yeah. me. So we're spoiling an almost 40-year-old film. Yeah. Uh, try to keep up. <laughs> keep your shit together. This is going to be a rough one. Um, yeah, so you're going to want to watch that if you don't want us to do anything for you. Also, Corey wants me to tell you that I swear. Fuck. I want you to always tell them that you swear, and I want you to put it in nice terms. Or maybe learn another language and swear in Swahili. Uh, I'm going to get on that. I'm going to Google swearing in Swahili. Before I do that, though, we are joined by one of my co-hosts for the wildly internet-successful Blazing Kiribu Studios podcast, Rounds and Breakdowns, Mr. Nathan Forsey. Nate, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. That's, that's Fucking fine-ass podcast is what it is, too. Goddamn. Have you listened to it? Yeah, I've listened to quite a bit of it. For oh, knowing thanks. nothing about uh, the music that you guys talk about or the fights that you guys talk about. Uh, I've told Matt this a few times. It's like I come out of it feeling a lot smarter about these things, yet I still oh. have no clue what, what anybody is talking about. But you guys just sound so good. Like I, I feel like you're educated on the shit that you're saying, and so I just like, yeah, that that's authentic. Yeah, I mean, uh, we yeah, we like fist fights and heavy metal. That mm-hmm. is kind of what we do, which fits in with which you guys do too with horror films i think that's kind of goes right along with it right sort of yeah for sure fits in with weird things that make matt matt stick hard really is i think what it is that it's true uh my yeah basis guys for that their shirts on and, and all that <laughs> my basis for podcasting are things that get me hard diamond <laughs> in a nice storm well nate thanks for being here i'd uh, ask you what your podcast is about but everyone who listens to this should also be listening to that so there's a large number of people that I'm looking at because I know you don't listen to it because I see the fucking numbers. <laughs> Same ones you don't listen to this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuckers. Um, I love you all. But if you're new to this podcast, then you probably aren't aware that the first thing we talk about is some news. Then we talk about the movie in which we already mentioned. So let's go ahead and get into this week's news. Um, if you hate these stories, blame Corey. Corey found them all because I was um, busy eating chicken. So... That happened. First news story we got is Eduardo Sanchez wants to sign a petition for the Blair Witch Project to get a director's cut. 
Um, I'm sure it's no it's no surprise that this is coming out. Uh, this at this time came out about a week ago, so it came out two weeks before the release of the new Blair Witch movie. Um, I don't do either of you really get into like the director's cuts of films. So is this a director's cut of the original one? The original one? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 Blair Witch kind of freaked me out a little bit when I first watched it, but you know, you guys are more like seasoned horror movie kind of people. I like can't walk around in other rooms of my fucking house every time I watch one. <laughs> and like, I always go into it thinking to myself like, oh man, this time will be great. It's a really great rush. And then like for like the first like half hour, maybe after watching me, like, yeah, it's great. It's real rush. And then 45 minutes later when I can't walk into certain rooms of my fucking house, then I realize that that was a bad idea. <laughs> it kind of gets annoying, but Blair Witch was like the first movie that, that, a horror movie that kind of had uh, that sort of filming, right? That's sort of filming, right? Found footage. Kind of almost reality. Yeah, yep. the reality show type deal. That I think that's what kind of made it scary to me. I think if I rewatched it now, maybe it wouldn't be quite as bad, but mm-hmm. it was different when it came out. I mean, they definitely started a trend with it, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, it says here that the originally had 19 hours of footage, which they cut down into 105 minutes. So I'm sure 19 direct- hours? Fuck, right? Um, <laughs> boring shit in there at some point yeah I, I think, yeah i think the studio made the right decision cutting the musical number and <laughs> uh, of course there was the the moment where a hand goes across the screen with a tissue and wipes that booger off of heather's face <laughs> i think that was that was the other part um no i mean it, here's the thing uh, extra footage can be good it just depends like there's a reason why stuff gets cut and you want to have a movie that's compelling in the amount of time that it's going to be able to keep your attention. And obviously, The Blair Witch was a phenomenon when it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing the the sequel that's going to be coming out pretty soon that looks really good, we're not looking at that with the same buy-in that we had with the first one. You know, we're not looking at it with the idea of being dazed and like, is this real? Is this not real? Um, and so I don't know what more needs to be done with the first film. But I don't hate the idea of seeing extra stuff from it if it's good. But if it's just a ton of crap, which most of the movie is just them walking around in the woods like they're fucking Frodo trying to toss the ring. <laughs> <laughs> it just like it, it. I can't really tell. But I'm I'm fine with releasing it. But then I guess if they're gonna like give us extra footage, give it all. Just do all 19 hours on 10 Holy discs. Shit. Jesus and That's just, like... yeah, bust a nut on it. Fucking make it happen. I feel like that would be like, did you ever go on YouTube when they had those Irma Gerd videos and they'd have like 10 fucking hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of that stuff? I feel like that's how that would be to me, man. Only in, in horror film form. There was recently a, a video of the Windows XP startup sound that was stretched to 24 hours. Just Jesus. slowed down so that it was 24 hours of waiting <laughs> for the whole thing to go. Uh, and I'm not going to say that I didn't put that on and leave it on in the background of my desk at work <laughs> and get disappointed when it was eight hours in, and I'm like, I'm still not even the ding ding yet. So, uh, just... <laughs> boredom allows you a lot of things. My wife would yeah, certainly shit. put on 19 hours of Blair Witch in the background while she's drawing uh, shit monsters for Instagram. So, uh, yeah, fucking go for it. You know, Corey, I think you said something really interesting when you said that the kind of mystique when the first one came out because we hadn't seen films kind of shot that way mm-hmm. was that, you know, the stupid people kind of going, is this real? And then, you know, you heard it amongst your friends. They're thinking, no, I heard it was real. No, I talked to this one guy and he said it was totally real, even though you kind of knew, okay, it's not fucking real. But there at least was that little mystique to it, which makes it kind of cool. Kind of like Amityville horror kind of ties into the movie that, that you guys want to do today. And like that, 
that realness kind of factor. And doesn't that make things like a ton scarier? So do these Bla- these newer Blair Witches actually hold up to the original one then? Solely because of that point that you made about that well, question of, of realness? The, the the new one is not found footage. Um, I mean, it sort of is. It sort of is. Some sort of isn't, yeah. Sort of isn't. But it's, I believe it's um, the brother, the sister of one of the people that go missing. They go back to find him. Yeah, the brother of, and I'm trying to remember if it's the right name, Heather Donahue, I think, I think was so. the main character in the first one. No, the second Blair Witch is not good at all. But was... the second Blair Witch, and we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. I like because it doesn't try to copy the first one. It does something different that is both an homage to the first one and tries to take what it did and extend it, but in a realistic way of like, we're not just going to have people run around in the woods again. Mm-hmm found footage thing they made an actual movie um but they they told a story that was very different but kind of continued from where it started and i i thought that was cool because it it built on the mythos um but so many of these things are just like let's just do the same thing over again all the paranormal activity movies are the fucking same and it's like great i get to watch the same nine camera angles around the fucking house (laughs) waiting for a fucking chair to move but some bullshit and we're not going to get anything until like the last five minutes when somebody comes in supernaturals the shit out of somebody's neck and then fucking off they go with the kid again it's like great i get it by number three i think i fucking get it uh blair witch at least reinvents itself each time have you seen them have you seen the paranormal movies my wife has all the paranormal movies. I've had to watch those things so many fucking times, and I can't tell you the amount of perpetual boredom I've spent just like the. But fuck? there's there's at least like there's a story. Yeah, there's a story. It's like okay, and in this one, uh, the kid's oh, fifteen, and in this one, they so all are Spanish. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change shit. Does baby need a bottle? Uh, no. <laughs> baby need his back rub. Um, I'm not saying that the paranormal activity movies are good. I'm simply saying that at least, even though every movie is the same, there's at least something that connects them all together. There is, is it, but isn't it, it like it's so long it, to get there? Isn't it like Kaiser Sose in that way? You know what I mean? Like you can't do another Usual Suspects the way it was done. You know what I mean? It's something. No, yeah, I mean, a different way. But I mean, it's yeah. like you kind of when you do something that's that like you know stylistically, it's that's what makes it or like six Sense or any of those kind of movies isn't mm-hmm. Blair Witch almost the same kind of version of that where yeah you can't redo it and wouldn't paranormal say yeah it definitely falls into that yeah. but it's still fucking freaking I still can't watch in the walk into certain rooms of my house after I watch one of them because I'm a Which, pussy no yeah. and and that's kind of the, the beauty of horror is that it's what connects with you doesn't connect with someone else but there's shit like I don't, I don't know if you listened to the episode we did with Gary Yap a couple of weeks ago with Megan is missing like that movie still makes me uncomfortable to talk about weeks later but paranormal activity, I can watch fucking all day, and it wouldn't bother me. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's just what what freaks you out, you know. But going back to what we were originally talking about is the fact that the original Blair Witch was the first found footage movie, and um, you didn't quite know if it was real or not. That's what made it the scariest. Now all these found footage movies come out, and you just know that they're just a found footage movie. Yeah, and you just kind of have to take the conceit of someone's just sitting there dicking around with a bunch of cameras or running around with cameras uh in the case of like cloverfield Mm -hmm. and just kind of go all right yeah i get it and that was i I think we talked about this before is that at some point it would have been great if google glass had taken off because it would at least explain why everybody had a camera and why things kept recording when they were doing other shit it's like well i have my glasses on 
I'm not going to bother to take them off, but I'm also not actively holding a camera up while my life is in fucking danger and I'm refusing <laughs> to save my friend from this fucking alien face. I, but my problem with the paranormal activities is it's like an hour and 20 minutes of just, oh, dad's an asshole who's just like, I'm going to keep watching all this footage. And, you know, finally in the last 10 minutes, we get some of the, the actual story. And it it's just so repetitive at that point that I don't know why we need five movies. I would rather get a movie like Blair Witch 2 which is full of story and not the same bullshit that we'd seen in the first one to get to that point. And that's what I'm hoping Blair Witch 3 is, is it's evocative of the first Blair Witch more than the second, um, which is them in the woods, which is them kind of going exploring for this, this one thing and looking for the Heather character, but doing something that maybe since we know stuff that happened before, since they know that the footage that's been found exists, that we can jump into it faster, that it can get scarier faster. It's not just waiting in the end for somebody to be standing in a fucking corner like a little bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they of... want to take 19 hours of Blair Witch and make it into a director's cut. Yeah. Full circle. Um, we could probably complain about paranormal activity for hours. Sorry, Corey, I'm, I'm bringing the hammer down. <laughs> um, <laughs> 19 hours. But since we want to keep talking about the Blair Witch, the uh, second story we talked about is that a new Blair Witch video was discovered. Uh, mysterious package was uh, reveals new Blair Witch video footage and more. This instantly reminded me of the uh, the mysterious puzzle video from what I thought was way longer ago. Apparently it was last October, so it's almost a year ago now. But... Um, I didn't get a chance to read this story because all Corey did was complain about paranormal activity. You could have been reading while I was pitching a bitch. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those things. It's it's obviously it's hype for the movie coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got little Blair Witch uh, stick figure things that are all tossed together and maps and uh, the thing that sets it apart from when, what, the late 90s when the first Blair Witch came out is there's a USB drive. Uh, it's like, ooh, <laughs> modern. Uh, no, not a bunch of fucking Samsung phones that are already caught on fire out in the woods somewhere. Uh, I love my note. But yeah, it, it's just, That's why I again, this iPhone. is the kind of the thing is you, you look at this and it's to build the ambiance of the story for the film. You know, so it's kind of like if you're into it and you want to go deeper into it and you want to kind of, have a little bit more to, to add flavor to it then this is the kind of shit uh that you get and yeah those those videos the puzzle videos things uh which were really cool and i almost posted a story about this but i think you guys are going to talk about in world war weekly is all the fucking clowns in south carolina uh yeah <laughs> i actually know a guy who lives in south carolina when those first came out we're like dude stop trying to lure children into the woods <laughs> he didn't find it that funny but yeah clowns are like a phenomenon right now no shit, man. You're seeing these stories everywhere. There's about um, well, guys just walking around in clown suits late at night. Yeah, yeah. So Nate lives in Milwaukee, which is south of where I live, and, and there's a Green Bay clown, which I'm assuming you've seen, Nate. Yeah, I've seen that. So I don't know if you saw that it's just hype for a movie. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so its name is Gags the Clown, and there's a movie coming out, and I actually managed to get the guy who wrote and directed the movie to come on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, some pretty fucking I'm punk, telling you right but... now, if I'm walking down in Milwaukee, I'm walking down the street and a fucking creepy <laughs> comes by me, man, it's not, it's not going to end good for that fucking clown. I want to see I'm that. that Dude, yeah, you should well, come up to Green Bay. Let's find the clown. Well, I'm not going to go looking for one, man. Mm, I'm just should. saying. We if should. I stumble upon one, 
I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's the thing clown. is, it's, it's a clown you don't expect that gets you. You know, you're just yeah. driving down the street, and all of a sudden, a little car pops up, and 30 of them start <laughs> popping out of the back seat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be awful. I don't think part. That's fucking awesome. Why, yeah. why do people have to be assholes like that? Why do you got to walk around your town late at night <laughs> dressed in full fucking clown regalia? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish other than creep some people out? Like, it really? Yes. Sometimes like you deserve to get. You, but then you know what? You deserve to get your ass kicked if you run into the wrong guy acting like a goddamn clown like that. I'm just saying, I'm 45 years old, and masturbation doesn't come as easily as it used to. <laughs> and you got to spice it up. Um, uh, I think... Now, I hate to bring it back to reality as much as I'd like to talk about Corey's masturbation habits a little more. That was about as reality as you can get right there. <laughs> do you ever stare in a mirror while you do it? No, you I don't want to stare see at that. yourself. If I saw myself naked in the woods, I'd shoot it and run back to my car. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Um, anyways. Um, the, the the reason I think assholes dress up like clown, clowns to do... Now, I don't know if the South Carolina ones are for something, but at least Green Bay is for something. And the point of doing it was to get people to talk about it, to get the, the, the noise out for this guy's movie. Had that clown not existed, probably never would have known that there was a movie coming out in Green Bay of something like it's fucking cool. Or, well, I get the marketing, yeah. but I, I think it's like, you know, when you when you hire a Santa Claus to, or a guy to dress up as Santa and, uh, yeah. you know, have kids sit on his lap at fucking Christmas every once in a while, a kid's going to fart on his leg. You know what I mean? That just kind of comes with the territory. If you dress up like a fucking clown, go out late at night around town and shit like that. <laughs> You're going to get punched in, while, in the face. <laughs> dude, my punch <laughs> in the fucking face. I'm just saying. <laughs> or at least someone's going to spray you with seltzer water. Or, oh, Jesus. Or, or, <laughs> or that. There's that. Yeah, there's it's that too. Better. We should, so you can't bitch. Let's go find a clown and just shoot him with seltzer water. <laughs> All right. Game on. Uh, the next story we what got an, is... What an interesting way to get raped that is. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't say I wanted... You know what? We're done here, Corey. We're done. Moving on. Um, all I can think about is seltzer water rape now. Thanks. Um, Heather Langenkamp narrated a Nancy Thompson movie, and Nancy Thompson was the female from the original Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And the third one? Fifth one? Third one? Uh, third one. And uh, then she played herself. referenced, of course, in New Nightmare that we did last week on the yes. show. Yes. Um, is that what, is the third one when she comes back with the gray, the gray hair? Yes. She actually develops the gray hair in the first one. There's a point where she wakes up and her mom That's notices that she's got her, her hair turned white in a streak. But yeah, when she comes back in the third one, she looks older. She seems more mature uh, because she's there to kind of help the kids, the, the right. next generation of Elm Street. Mm -hmm. The chick who plays Nancy in this, uh, this fan film, way hotter than Heather Langenkamp. I would tongue plow her. She was bitch. pretty hot back then, though. Yeah, she's got a weird mouth, though. I know that's probably weird to say, but it's not a mouth I would put my dick in. I mean, there's obviously there's no clown makeup on it. That's true. It's true. It's a good thing. That's you would cool. totally put your dick in that mouth, though, Matt. The clown you know. dick? That too. Oh wait, clown mouth? Not a dick. Just a balloon animal tied up to look like a clown dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> now looking at her, she kind of reminds me of the the girl who played Carrie in the Carrie sequel. The sequel or the remake? The sequel. I, I'm looking this The up. remake was Chloe Grace Moritz or whatever. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that is oh, not what she looks like. Huh. That chick's not bad looking. So this is just like a fan film? Yeah. This shit happens yeah, it's a lot. 
45 minute fan film that uh goes into a bunch of different stuff relating to the character uh, i haven't been able to watch all of it yet i was trying to watch this dumb fucking movie but uh <laughs> calm down I mean, it, it it looks like a fan film it definitely has that same kind of like somebody did this on the cheap with an iphone or something but the fact that they got len camp to do the voiceover for it is pretty cool it shows well it shows I, one that there's more to it than just like somebody just did this in their basement i don't, don't want to be a dick but i don't think heather langenkamp's doing a whole lot right now didn't you just say that she was in one of the new hellraisers i don't think she's doing a whole lot right now well <laughs> i love hellraiser movies but i don't think she's doing a whole lot right now uh it's done the new hellraiser is done and then, I, I just think that it's cool when somebody will come back oh, I to do stuff like completely that. completely agree. She has gotten to a point where she could say, fuck you. And like, I don't want to be part of your shitty backyard shenanigans. But, you know, credit to her. I just, she's probably hurting for money. Well, I don't know. About Nightmare on Elm Street money dried up a while ago. She even has it listed on her IMDb page, though, the Don't Fall Asleep short. I need to get an IMDb page. That's how I know yeah, I've made it in do. the world. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this. How was what you saw so far? Uh, it, it's reasonable. I mean, it's something that, again, it's not earth-shatteringly good, mm-hmm. but it's. Is it worth your time? Yeah, I think it's okay. worth your time if you're a fan of the material. Uh, if you're interested in the original Nightmare characters and and seeing what somebody else does with it, like the amount of hours that people put into Star Trek fanfic films or. Or other stuff like that. I Star think that it, it's cool to see. It's cool to see people take these things and bring their own voices to them. Obviously, it's part of it is being a fan, but also these could be some of the people who direct the next films in these franchises or other horror stuff tomorrow. That's true. You know, this is how they get their start. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. Like, had technology been where it is now in the in the eighties? I'd say eighties. How many more like fan films there would have been? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of it. We just didn't see it. Uh, there were those guys who reshot all of Raiders of the Lost Ark themselves. There's, There's been a ton of stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. I just think that it's exciting. When you watch, um, if you ever watch the Goldbergs on ABC, mm-hmm. a lot of that show is based off of Adam Goldberg's videos and stuff he shot of his life as a kid. Um, so at the end of the show, they'll show scenes from the show compared to the videos that he took as a kid and how they kind of match up with each other. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, I wasn't that dedicated. I, you know, was trying to get laid. But go for it, man. That, that's cool. I was also failing at getting laid, so maybe I should have uh, made some films. That sums up my, <laughs> my late teens, early 20s. Just no dick in anything. That's true. That's true. I was around for some of that. And- <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> That's he, very... wasn't, he wasn't taking anything. That's why Matt met his wife. What did, what did I say to you right away? Well, you didn't you he ask if she no was a dude? That. <laughs> didn't you ask me if she was a dude? No. What did no, you say? I said, I said, fucking hang on to that, man. Uh, you finally got one that's actually willing to have sex with you. My God, don't true. do not let it go. So you married her. That I did. Um, you said a lot of things when I first started dating her, and then when we got engaged. So I couldn't decipher which ones. I I think you were. One of like the first six people I text when I finally laid pipe. I was like, it's it's happened, guys. I'm back. And then I got married and it stopped. So, Nate, I know you're currently engaged. Don't get married because the well dries up. Maybe if you do it right, the well won't dry up. Uh, I do it just fine. 
I'm done in like 45 seconds. So I'm doing <laughs> great. That's the problem. I'm doing great. <laughs> Maybe I should send your wife some clown makeup. Yeah. <laughs> when I go that to bed, work. I'm going to bring her like a fucking paintbrush and white and just be like, just sit still. I'll be done soon. Every time he hears a little bike horn honk, Matt's nipples get hard. <laughs> cool. Um, the fuck are we even talking about anymore? Nipples. Um, sitting, sitting still and being done soon. All right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> the next story we have is uh, Kindergarten Channel's Scary Stories, Roman Dirge, and Del Toro in New Collection of Creepy Tales. These images that you sent over, Corey? Yeah. Are f- fucking awesome. These are the things yeah, Ro- nightmares are made of. Uh, really? Roman Dirge came around about the time that Johan Vasquez was getting popular with John and the Homicidal Maniac. Uh, Roman does a book called Lenore, which is a little dead girl. Really cute comic. I collected for my wife. Uh, she's I'm familiar. She's been years, and so this is this is Roman's work and uh, Del Toro, and it's just. We've talked a couple of times about horror for children, scary stuff for kids, and uh, I think that this is just kind of the thing. I mean, obviously the imagery is just beautiful, creepy, weird, but adequately okay for you know young kids, like probably eight to ten, could see sure. this and be creeped out by it, but not overwhelmed by it to the point of nightmares. It's very uh, Burton-esque. But I just I, I really like supporting that kind of stuff. And like I said, Roman's a, an excellent creator who I think deserves all the attention he gets. Very Burton-esque. That you're exactly right. Um, this one with where it's with my eyes closed. I heard my mother say, "Darling daughter, I'll steal your breath away." While it's like you said, Burton-esque with the very lanky arms and the, and you know and stuff like that. And, man. That's just yeah. disturbing shit. I don't even know if an eight year old. You know what though? They might not kind of get all the nuances that maybe an adult would get. Cause this is, yeah, this works for kids or adults. It's really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah, uh cool. it's a Kickstarter. It's, it's hit its goal. It's goal is 21,000. It's at 24,000 right now with 24 days to go. That's uh, so it's, it's definitely worth looking at. They're talking about stretch goals now, uh, higher editions, Matt, there is some eerie clown artwork there. So I know that <laughs> for more, that's something that'll help you, you know, <laughs> Yeah, just keep talking. Give your wife the good stuff. I'm gonna turn my camera off. I'll be back in like 45 seconds. So you're gonna get up and pee afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool though. But it's Pennywise stuff, I believe. I mean, it's it's a mix of of different things. It looks like it's it's got that kind of they used to be called galaxy novels where you'd have a page of text. It's like most picture books. You'd have a page of text that kind of tells the story and then some artwork next to it. It's just, it's really gorgeous, though. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I'd bring some attention to it. That's cool. I'm going to have to take a look at this tomorrow. Spend some money. Uh, that's it for yeah, news. Yeah, I just, I just backed that uh, fidget cube. Have you guys seen that? The fuck? No. It's a, it's a little cube that has all the different sides or different things for people to fidget with. So there's buttons that you can click or on-off switches, oh. rollerball. There's something that's got the smoothness to, like, a Luxstone. And it's for people who sit there who can't kind of sit still in meetings or at their desk or whatever. And they're they're going to retail for about 25 bucks. But if you got it in as an early adopter, they were 14. I think they're at 19 now. And they're just, it's this really smart little device for people who kind of get a little bit anxious and need to 
kind of get their mind off of things while while they're doing other stuff. So yeah, the Kickstarter for that is um, the other day was it over two million? It's uh, wow. three point one million right now. Yeah, of uh, their it's, fifteen thousand dollar goal. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Take that, rich people. Yeah. Right. This thing's crazy looking. I might have to look into one of these. Take them to meetings and shit. Keep me yeah. busy. I would just like to have a whole bed of it. Weird. And you say I'm, I'm weird because of I, fucking clowns. Uh, you would like a whole bed of clowns. You guys are dicks. You fuck clowns for sure. Jesus. Well, you fuck clown Jesus. No, I don't <laughs> fuck clown Jesus. No. It's Sunday too, man. You fucking oh. clown Jesus on Sunday. That's you're so going <laughs> to Amityville hell. Uh, speaking of Amityville hell, let's talk about this fucking movie. I love this. You movie. didn't like it? No, I love this movie. I, every time I watch this movie, it's, I remember why it's so good. 1979's Amityville Horror. Um, I did not realize that James Brolin and Margot Kidder were in it, though, which was kind of cool. You didn't know James Brolin was in it? I didn't really remember James Brolin was in it. You didn't remember James Brolin? (laughs) I remember James Brolin. I just didn't remember he was in this film. Dude. Pretty sweet beard, though. I'd rub my dick on it. James Brolin is... A fucking piece of man meat. He's a hunk in this movie. Yeah, he is. But he's, cho- he's obsessively chopping wood every time. I'm telling you, chopping wood. Chopping yeah, wood. I mean, obviously, I can see why Phoebe said that he knocked her up on Friends. Uh, James Brolin is a nice, hot, solid piece of man meat, and he's passed it along to his son. Yeah, who's his, his son? Pretty successful now too. Josh Brolin is his son. Are well, you fucking serious, man? The These Brolin like gives A-lister. it away. These are A-list people, man. <laughs> and he looks like them. Yeah. I gotta look him up. It's like they're related. Yeah, almost. It's like, but he's less rugged, though, don't you think? Like, James Brolin had more of a rugged kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Whereas Josh James Brolin's Brolin a little from cuter. a time when men were men, and was, Josh Brolin came around. He was a goonie, so he already had points against him for that. But uh, Josh Brolin's the... not bad, though. No, he's not bad, awesome. though. He's not like uh, he's not one of those like teeny bopper like little hotsy guys or whatever. He's actually a pretty good actor and everything. No, he's yeah. really good. He's very solid. Yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men, right? Uh, is a Excellent. great ass movie. Um, no, I, I think he's he's perfectly uh, more masculine than I'll ever think to be. <laughs> Margot Kidder is the surprise in this though, because Margot Kidder uh, around this time is when she did Superman, and I always thought, all right, yeah, she's she's good. She's a solid Lois Lane, but I was never like. Margot Kidder brings the hotness. Uh, right. Anything I've ever saw her, and she, she's like, yeah, she's she's fine. Uh, that point where she's ballet dancing in front of the mirror with that one giant leg warmer and no other leg warmer, which is kind of weird, with a top <laughs> open. You only need one. And, and then they start doing the sex scene. I'm like, I'm watching a Margot Kidder sex scene, and I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, I was all right with it, yeah. In a sort of 1979 kind of way. I beat off twice. <laughs> Probably as a monster push. Do you think their bushes the got tangled? Pubic hair had sideburns in the 70s. It was okay. It was expected. I was saying to Matt before before this has started too that um, on that kind of on the actor aspect of it, did you do you feel like in the older movies like that there was a lot better acting than a lot of the newer horror type films? Like the films maybe horror films maybe back then seemed to be it, it wasn't such a campy genre sort of like it is now. I mean, not that there isn't you know decent movies now, but I'd say nine out of ten usually are kind of campy with actors you've never heard of before, right? Well, back I mean, then, go ahead. No, I was just to say with back is back then you. I mean, you wouldn't really have a James Roland Margot Kidder kind of movie like this now, would you? Um, I don't know. I mean, 
my wife as as the movie wasn't quite working for me in our our stream so she was like can i have the fucking tv and she went and she Tell put on conjuring down. 2 then conjuring 2 opens up with some amityville ties right off the bat but i mean the conjuring movies those that actor and actress are pretty great and i don't know what kind of level you would compare them to but uh i think that they do quite well for themselves and that's the reason why those movies have reached such success but was it james uh, rolling kind of like i'm not you know was was so that maybe it's like the one out of the ten wasn't james rolling kind of a bigger what would he be like equal to like in nowadays standards Le- you well, know I mean, saying, like level of actor so success. one thing to keep in mind is that this movie was pretty shit upon by critics was yeah. it? Uh, oh, yeah. Leonard Malton and Roger Ebert both panned the fuck out of this thing. And even though it was very successful money-wise, it was, I think, the second most successful film of that year. Um, Brolin says that he couldn't get hired for two years after this movie came out. He had two films that came out in that time, but they were pre-produced. Uh, so it took him a while after this movie to recover from it for some reason. And I don't know if he blames that on like the reception of the film or if it was just bad luck because he was kind of talking about it in relation to the movie kind of like all the the stuff related to it was fucked with his life a little bit like he started having weird shit happen to him while he was reading the book for the film there wasn't a script and he started freaking out about stuff that was going on so i don't know exactly if this if they were really considered the height of of great actors at that point Gosh. or if that came later i mean this was still pretty early in his career <clears throat> granted his first tv appearance was in 1961 but you figure he had way more after than he had before so when did this movie kind of get the cult status kind of thing then pretty soon actually mm. it, it it didn't take long for it to reach cult status i mean it still has low ratings it's not a beloved movie but it is respected as being like what? it's it, it's like what we talk about sometimes is there's that first movie of its kind, like Blair Witches, the first movie of its kind. Uh, this and Exorcist came out pretty close to each other, but this is a precursor to Poltergeist. This is a precursor to, obviously, the numerous amounts of sequels that happened after this. But the the Haunted House movies weren't unusual, but this kind of Haunted House movie with the, the spirit takes over the, the family member and making it a mainstream film, I think this was one of the first that really caught public attention in the way that it did. I mean, it did and, it did something right because there's 14 Amityville movies. You know what I mean? Including the remake. And they started coming out... The, the, the sequel came out in 82. So if it was generally ill-received, it had to do... There had to be some sort of cult following by the early 80s for them to start making I more. Think you know was, what I mean? I think it was ill-received by critics. I don't think the people necessarily ever said it was good so much, but it right. was popular. Right. Huh, that's weird. I think I think a lot of the whole, like, is it a true story or not, probably obviously kind of helped that cult sass a little bit too, you know? Wouldn't you say? I mean, people kind of trying to find where the real house was and all that kind of stuff, and then there was the lawsuits and everything that came afterwards debating whether or not the story was real, but the, the, the Lutzes took lie detector tests supposedly and passed them and everything like that saying that most of the stuff in the film was true hmm. but then there was a guy that came out there was a friend of theirs that said they came up with the idea over a lot of wine late at night to yeah i mean there's for this story oh, it, shit. 
there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, what does it take for, uh, for something to be considered a bad vibe house and how seriously do you take it? Obviously murder is taking place in, and it is enough to make the house interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then having this whole other story to base the film and the book uh, before the film after um, kind of spreads that out even further. I was surprised that there wasn't really much about the original murders in this. It was just about right. the Lutzes. Well, and, and they weren't completely accurate either. I mean, the murders. I mean, right. the way, like the real story of the DeLeo family and everything like that and the money that was there and everything like that. Um the, the film makes it seem like it's more just like a random type. The guy goes crazy because the house is, you know, on a burial ground or whatever, and then kind of offs everybody where the real story is really more of a money kind of thing. And like the son kind of offs the family more in a way of like, you know, inheritances and things like that and everything. So, but obviously that's not as sexy of a story or scary of a story, you know, right. Right. As how they, but you're right. I mean, they don't really go into it. And I, I wonder if they don't go into it because of the fact that it's not a very sexy story like of how the murder so it's easier just to kind of say well people were murdered here good enough you know what i mean so yeah and and were they murdered here just because this house houses evil right and that that's what it is what it becomes is it's not so much although they do make a lot of references they say that uh lutz looks like the delio guy um like they get more and more further along he goes to the bar where he used to hang out and gets recognized in him as at first um but really the house itself seems to house the evil there's the they find the red room uh which i thought was interesting because that's that's kind of like the black lodge in twin peaks there was uh references to all the red curtains and everything there was a song that some band did in the early 90s that was called blackout in the red room that was about the black lodge uh, uh, lo- uh love hate yeah they yeah. their album actually after it. Mm-hmm. Huh. um and anthrax to to go back to a throwback to the other uh, the MMA rounds of breakdowns podcast. Anthrax did uh, in Sound of White Noise. They did uh, Black Lodge, which is like oh yeah. yeah, hot zone. Yeah. I'm just watching Twin Peaks, so I'm really late to the party. But the story is real. I mean, there really mm-hmm. was a house there that, that these you know murders really did take place and and all that kind. Of, so I mean, there is some reality to this, and there really was a burial ground there, and there really was well, supposedly really was a satanic guy that you know inhabited that space and everything at that time there was supposed to be some gigantic satanist back at that time so i mean those things are true and the house has been sold and resold numerous times and it's no still kind of well right, i right. mean there's there's things that like oh well this happened to this person like one of the people who died on september 11th actually had lived in the house for a period of time that's one of those things that comes up on the wikipedia which is just weird that we're doing this today um but how much of it is really just because something's weird or because people are just looking for everything to tie to it? You have 40 years of people living in this house off and on. Uh, something tragic is going to happen to some of them somewhere down the line. But right. it does, like, every time... That house was a beautiful house. Uh, in the movie, they are talking about the fact that it's $80,000. And, you know, well, it's worth one hundred and twenty. And I'm looking at the house, I'm like, that, like, in California, that's, like, eight. Eight million dollars. Guess, guess uh, how much the house sold for the last time it sold? In twenty thousand. In twenty ten, it went for a one point one five million. Well, it's in upstate New York, right? Yeah. So I mean, right there. I mean, you're talking about not an only, area that's not exactly cheap to live either. No, but not only that, you figure that there's got to be horror enthusiasts that want that want to live in that house. 
But yeah, yeah I and, think there's people almost like at least every weekend that are driving by that house. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. it's a, it's a tourist attraction. What? Yeah, and that's the thing is there are people who would like to own the house just because it's the house that it is. Uh, when I guess the Lutzes, when they sold all their stuff out of the house, when they left it and they put everything up for sale, like people came from all over to to buy the stuff up. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, that could just be stuff of legend at this point. But I'm, certainly today, if somebody found some of the original stuff that was in there, they would they would snap that shit up like crazy. It's apparently for sale right now. Corey, you want to buy it? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't want to live in New York. I would want to live in that house. I was going to say. If I heard something settling late at night and it would be obviously nothing, I would think, oh, there it is. Holy fuck. I'm done. Yeah, but I don't even need to live in a in a cursed house for that. I mean, I, I feel like that in my house sometimes. I felt like that in my house growing up, too. And then I'm here the house settle or I hear something skirting around in the attic. I'm like, what the fuck is that shit? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> my brain is fucking active at that kind of pace. We almost, when we were, uh, when we bought this house, we had looked at a house that was right down the corner from us first that we're pretty serious on and when we walked into the garage we got a really bad vibe from it and it was me and my wife and the the realtor that was helping us later on that day he called us up he's like by the way i have to reveal this to you i just found out that the previous tenant killed themselves they hung themselves in the garage and we're like fucking knew it fucking knew it right (laughs) off the bat we're like yeah He's like, oh. so I don't know if you guys are still interested. We're like, we're doubly interested now. Are you kidding? Yeah, give us that place. Um, someone else got lucky. Shit. You know what I'd have been like if he told me that? I'd have been like, fuck that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you seriously were more interested because of that? I don't know if we were more interested, but we were still interested. You it was just kind of like a thing of like, we no. we were just really. I mean, we we kind of had that feeling, and it's just it's just weird how eerie it was that moment of. Like we felt that way, and then it got acknowledged. No, that's actually what happened. You know, we so could you, tell so something not, bad happened. So you're not like the Lutzes in Amityville, where they were told the same thing. They had a realtor disclose, you know, what had happened in the house or whatever, and they that what what did he say? Lutz said uh, houses don't have memories. Yeah, right. Whatever. So you know, so you're more you would fall into that more. You think? Yeah, I mean, and that was what a great line in the movie to kind of like preface everything that's going to go on is like no this is this is absolutely the point is that the house does have memories the house carries this going forward and is bringing that to you and to your family um but yeah i don't know like i can't imagine that there's any place any spot in this world where people haven't died at this point the amount of people that have walked across this earth uh that it yeah there's probably places that are more violent than others but that we don't just constantly lock stuff off. We have cemeteries to celebrate our dead, to to keep them all stored in one place. And you know, is that freaking people out? Is that is that just like housing evil or housing bad spirits, or is it just that's just a place where we put people because we have to console the living by giving them some place to go as a memory? Um, it's, it's interesting, right? Like to that point, you, you think you you see houses that are like right next to cemeteries and whatnot. But okay, so if a cemetery wasn't there, but you told somebody, "Here's this house, and a few feet over there, there's like 200 dead bodies that we buried." Nobody would buy that house yet. If it's by a cemetery, it's not such a big deal, right? Like people, yeah, you see exactly. people in this house all the time. It's kind of yeah. ironic. We almost bought a house by a cemetery, and I was like, "Fuck it, I love Halloween." <laughs> my my grandmother, uh, God rest her soul, Granny. <laughs> it was was the crazy cat lady in Detroit. And I mean, like, she was known 
because she would pick up every stray, you know? So she had dogs, she had cats, but she had cats that had gotten to the point where they became feral because they interbred with each other. And so you would go into her house and there would just be like cats in pens, cats running around, cats in rooms and stuff. Uh, at one point when they moved her out of the house, when she'd gone completely senile and they moved her out with my aunt and my dad and uh, other family members were there in her house trying to clear it out, cats had dug their way into the walls Jesus. Uh, have gotten completely wild, but then they found garbage bins of cats that didn't make it in the garage. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, yeah, and and I just think you know someone's got ghost cats living in that area now. <laughs> someone, someone is hearing meowing at all hours, and and I can't imagine that there wouldn't be animals that would just gravitate towards that house anyways, um, because that was a woman who would feed them all, but. Yeah, don't don't buy that house and uh, don't be a pet pet lover and don't have an allergy because uh, you're not going to make it. <laughs> Granted, it's in Detroit, so no one's living there anyways. But yeah, no kidding, right? Fuck Detroit and cats. Fuck them all. Well, I don't think I don't think not, you need don't to bring like actually on Detroit. Fuck a cat. I figured that's the route you're going to go. Not my hatred for Detroit. Fun cat. But... Um, yeah, I. So there's the this joke this this movie gets referenced by Eddie Murphy in I think it was Delirious where he's talking about white people are weird because in horror movies white people will move into a house and they'll hear a ghost tell them to get out and they'll stay and <laughs> and he's talking about if it was me and I'm moving well, this place is beautiful this is just look around here and this is we got a nice house there's nice schools kids love it excellent get out too bad we can't stay baby walk out the door <laughs> see that's me that's exactly how I'd be man like you say like I said you walk into a garage you feel a bad vibe or whatever I mean so if I walk into a house I'm looking at and I just feel like a bad vibe I don't know necessarily that that would maybe because I, I I might think like oh you know who knows why I'm having a bad vibe at this moment or anything like that. Yeah. But if somebody comes back after I have that bad vibe and says, yeah, this happened there, that correlation that's made right there, I'm fucking done. I'm, I'm Eddie Murphy on that one. I'm like, yep, too bad we can't live here. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I don't know. I couldn't do it. This Amityville house, I wouldn't I wouldn't live there. I wouldn't buy that shit. For I mean, it's, just kind of, it, it's giving a confirmation to something that you already feel. You know, and that that's what it is. is it's validation. Like, I don't think i want to live here and somebody comes to you and they say i've got a validation for why you don't want to live here you're like excellent so i i don't even have to make up an excuse now um i just think that there's so many things that we don't know that we can't account for that you know sometimes we walk into a place that is murder central and we don't get a bad vibe and that's that's a subject of a lot of other home movies is you see people walk into these places and you're like oh this place is great and then they discover the 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 whole mystery of it later on. That's what Poltergeist is. They lived in that house for a while. They had their kids there. Everything was going fine. And all of a sudden their kid starts gliding across the floor and the tree is trying to rape them. And fucking clown doll is making Matt's dick hard. I, I think <laughs> that, but, and then they find out, Oh, by the way, ancient Indian burial ground underneath your house. We move the headstones, uh, not the bodies. Sure. Uh, that, that's bad. But for However long before that, they were all fine. They're like, yeah, my, my kid lost her virginity here. She's a slut. She's out right now running around town. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that kid, that daughter, that older daughter, rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> she, she just like 
was gone almost the entire movie. She shows up with her boyfriend in the end. I'm like, why is the house trying to melt? Uh, Dad, everything okay? <laughs> yeah. Wow. These dicks aren't going to suck themselves, Corey. <laughs> Small neighborhood dick happy. Um, <laughs> why are we here again? I, I don't know. Okay. So did anybody ever watch any of the sequels to Amityville Horror then? I have. I've talked about this before. Uh, Amityville, uh, It's About Time. I, I saw that like in the early 90s or whatever when it came out and uh, had a big crush on the sister in that. Uh, so I watched that all the time. At least that one part with her looking at herself in the mirror and then she like grabs her own boob. It, it was weird. <laughs> it's never weird. <laughs> so then he did? No. No. I, no, I have right. I have the Amityville Terror that just came out. I haven't watched it yet though, but apparently Amityville the Awakening comes out next year. The and so seven... no, none of these have anything to do with like none of these are these are all completely fictional then. Not even trying yeah. to be like something that ever happened after, huh? Yeah, it's just they're using the house to continue to do shit, essentially. Yeah, it's one of those based on a true story is like, hey, me and Tommy went down to McDonald's and we're going to put a scene in this movie where some people go to a fast food restaurant and then everybody gets murdered. Although that didn't happen, we can say it's based on a true story because we fucking went to McDonald's. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. No, I mean, my wife came in and I was watching this and she said, this looks familiar. What are you watching? And I told her it was Amityville. She goes, oh, you're doing this for the show? Because there's no way in fuck you would be watching this if you weren't doing it for the show. Uh, so Matt asked me before we started recording if I'd ever seen this before. I've never actually watched this before. I've somehow managed to go without seeing the original Amityville uh, my entire life. Yeah, I watched though? Amityville when I was very young. We watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street and then we watched Amityville when we had a, uh, like a sleepover at a buddy's house like talking really young. And... I remember the movie is freaking me out since then. I've seen it off and on probably like three or four times since then. Just kind of like the cult status of it, you know what I mean? You're you're in college and it's someone will have it on at their house at some given point or something like that and you sit down and watch it or, or you know, whatever might happen. And, and then I think uh, I had seen the newer one that came out, what, like 2005 or whatever, the remake of it. Yeah. And then that kind of prompted me to go back after seeing that to watch the original to see which one I like better. Not sure why. Apparently, I have too much time in my fucking life. Cause the remake like goes way more into the Satanism than anything. Fuck, sorry, I keep sneezing. Um, like they do way more of the the John Ketchum story than um, the actual just like house being haunted and family going crazy. Yeah, they do a little more of the portal to hell underneath the house kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that? I mean, who? Who did the remake? Well, I know was that it? Ryan Reynolds is in it, and he is looking shredded. <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, they, they they tried to update the remake. They they made the babysitter super hot in the remake, as opposed to her looking like this this teenager with headgear. Uh, they put her in a belly shirt and stuff, and and have to sexify everything. It it was just so mid two thousand horror of oh we're gonna remake this, but we're gonna up everything about it so that it's not it doesn't feel like it's realistic it doesn't feel like it's based off a true story it's just another hollywood glam fest um, well that's what that's what i'm saying like it kind of gets back to what i was saying before how horror films a lot of times now do feel campy like that you know yeah the the remake was directed by andrew douglas and produced by michael bay yeah that's michael bay, michael huh? bay. yeah 
That was uh, quite a surprise to me. Pretty much says it right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it's it's fine. I mean, it's just we talked about this before too. Horror movies have to keep upping their ante because the audience has gotten so jaded mm-hmm. that you know, like you were saying, people would want to live in an Amityville house at this point. We're not afraid of like, oh, this is gonna. Well, I'm gonna live in here and I'm gonna take an axe to my kids. Uh, but so what? Fuck it. I get to live in the Amityville house. I, I get to <laughs> put up webcams and, and people are going to subscribe to me online and fucking Snapchat the shit out of this. Like, <laughs> oh, look, uh, fucking soap is flying out of the dispenser around the room. Uh, it's not Matt jizzing in the corner. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> like that. That's the thing is like today's horror audience is just like they're into it and i don't know that in 1979 people were looking for that as much like there was a there was a smaller sect of it and i don't think we had built like this massive horror community that's when that started to come together is when people started seeing horror movies in mass and when things became phenomenons uh like phenomena like this is because that's when we could kind of organize and see oh there's more people who are freaky like me uh, I'm going to go hang with those people and uh, we'll go see Rocky Horror after this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason that there are eight people around the world that tune in weekly to listen to Corey and I talk about horror movies. It's taking the world by storm right now. Not even a now, giggle. Are you including, right, are you thought, including my downloads as part of the eight? Cause I, I, I include my downloads in the eight, so with yours, okay. I guess we're up to nine. We're going to crack double digits by the end of the week, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I only made it eight because I know that Nate listens now. It used to be seven. I do. Weird. I do. Sorry about off. that. No, that's fine. They have some sort of podcast awards, so we'll just go ahead. Uh, Corey, let's let's write our acceptance speech for next week. <laughs> just get prepared. I, I accept that we're a couple of losers making a show that nobody listens I to. I accept that we're two fat hipsters in our bedrooms, and uh, I apparently hate what's-his-nuts, D. Snyder. Yeah, you love D. Snyder. I'm, and his nuts. I love his nuts. Um probably talk about this movie more huh what else we got to talk about this movie it's a good movie though so do you think it's real to an extent do you to an extent or do you think they completely fabricated everything i i guess where do you draw the line of is it real and is it fabricated is it real that there was a house in which murders happened and there's... Well, we know that's real right? but that's what i'm saying like there's also a burial ground near nearby and maybe some weird shit happens because it's a super fucking old house I don't know if I necessarily buy the fact that murders happen in this house and now anyone who lives there is going to get possessed or anyone who somewhat resembles the guy who murdered a family is going to, you know what I mean? I don't feel like demons pick and choose who they're going to make murder their families. I mean, I sort of look like the guy if we're going off of the basis of what the movie version looked like. So, I mean, you look like I, I fucking look 100% like James Brolin. I look more <laughs> like him than John does. Yeah, when, uh, when Corey yeah. takes his shirt off and starts chopping wood, you'd never know the difference. <laughs> Chop your wood. Uh, so if, if you want to take up a collection and put me in the house and see if I kill people, fuck it, go, go ahead. Let's yeah. do it. Let's take up. A, we're gonna start. A, we're gonna start an Indiegogo to get Corey to buy the Amityville Horror House. <laughs> I'm saying is, I know Galactic Radio has a Patreon, but start the Patreon to put Corey in a fucking mortgage that he can afford, and uh, that would be fine. <sighs> wow, that's awesome. Um, do you guys want to rank it, or do you, do you have another topic? Of, Should we just talk real briefly about the priests and shit? Because yes, yeah, we should. A lot, you a lot of Catholicism, a lot of religion seeps into this movie. 
the the priest stuff feels very similar to the exorcist, exorcist. Mm-hmm. and Wait. and i don't know if that was intended uh, it certainly if it was based off of the book then maybe they weren't exactly copying but it plays out a lot uh i do enjoy the part where the priest gets the stigmata on his hand when he's talking on the phone i blame that on 976 numbers in the 80s uh <laughs> but the fuck it just <laughs> Probably before your time, Matt. Yeah, it, what, uh, what the fuck is a 976 number in the 80s? Okay, so in the 80s, there was one 976 numbers, and 976 numbers were recordings that you would call up, and some of them were things like call up and hear jokes. Some were call up Ooh. and hear Santa Claus is going across the world uh, during Christmas. And a lot of them were so, you call them up and hear recordings of people doing porn. So they're like uh, 900 numbers. They were, yeah, 900 numbers before there were 900 numbers. Uh, so it would just charge you based on you calling the number. You would pay a certain amount for whatever the phone call was. Um, so it was really easy to track. So there's no way to hide that from your parents. But they 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 graduated over time, and then they started asking you for credit cards and stuff because they realized that every kid found out about those nine seven six numbers. Um, so you're saying that's what you think the priest was actually doing, and it had nothing. I, to I was do. saying, you know, sometimes they'll say you go blind, but I think you just get sores in your hand because you're. <laughs> Jesus. No, but didn't he, didn't he go blind though? He, he went did go blind. That's right? right. And he became sort of catatonic in a way after yeah. the the episode in the in the the, the uh, in his pants. The episode in his pants. <laughs> no, it was in the cathedral when he was in his pants and he was <laughs> trying to pray for the Lutzes, right? Yeah. So he yeah. but he kept praying even though like fucking the church is like falling around him and shit like that things are crumbling the virgin mary is fucking crying blood or whatever maybe not that but you know that kind of shit <laughs> and he just keeps on fucking yelling even more with more conviction and then he's done for which That's is weird because he's now far away from the house so people go to the house he goes to the house also random priest walks in your house when nobody's there uh, i know that they were expecting him but he just kind of walks in is like hey where is everybody i'm not gonna go look outside i'm just gonna go upstairs and start trying to bless things in the room full of flies uh and then he leaves but the fucking spirits are still terrorizing him away from the place and try to run him and the other priest off the road and he keeps coughing and every time he tries to call i love the reference to ma bell in this because i'm thinking that this movie was used as propaganda to break up the phone company um because it real shitty phone stuff in this but like every time he's just like oh, I'm just getting worse and worse because he went to the house once. Same thing with her aunt that's a nun, uh, which is another weird one. The aunt's like, she walks in, hey, everybody, pinches a little kid, she cheeks, she's all happy, and then immediately just like, I'm going to fucking puke up blood now yeah. and runs yeah. out and has to leave. And it's just weird that the house isn't just trying... Like, the, the house tells the priest to leave, so shouldn't that be it? Why does the house get to retain power over people, especially people who are Catholic, who believe in God, who should have a much more spiritual buildup against shit like this? Uh, it's just like really terrorizing them outside of the place. And all it's making James Rowland do is fucking chop wood. Yeah. And get mad, get pissy at a, a fucking uh, guy who's bringing bring food for a wedding for her brother and and the spirit steals fifteen hundred dollars what the hell was that yeah the, <laughs> one thing too like you're saying okay so i sort of got a, a shining feel too with with the brolin character yeah. versus mm -hmm. you know the jack nicholson character in the shining where you know obviously it's the place is starting to possess him and make him want to off his family and shit and it's funny because 
in the shining which obviously is is a better movie you know um kubrick is obviously on a different level or whatever but Nicholson never comes back. I mean, once he's, you know, he's ready to go. And Brolin, what really brings him back in this movie? That was one thing that kind of, like, he's ready to be, he's, like you say, he's getting pissed off. He's chopping wood like a motherfucker. He's, he's constantly cold. Like, there's some bad shit happening in this guy here. And then all of a sudden, he's just kind of like, we should get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. towards the end, yeah. it's like, like. I just swung an axe at my wife's head because she looked like she was really old. And, uh, you know, fuck the elderly. But then. But now it's like, a morality attack. Yeah, it's I'm like, oh, like early James Roland, whereas like Jack Nicholson, it seems more real to how something like that would be. Once you kind of hit that level of crazy, you're not really just going to come back without really a lot of fucking therapy, maybe like a straight jacket, some other shit going on, you know. And yeah, there's nothing to bring him back. He just that's comes what I'm there was nothing to bring him back. Like, like that's why I felt like a movie like The Shining was so much more well done in that way because of the fact that once Jack, Jack Nicholson was gone, it was like, this guy's gone. We either got off him or get the fuck out of here. Whereas Brolin, it was kind of like, they're all just kind of waiting, like, Dad, you, you're going to be all right, right? And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm all right. Oh, fuck, we should get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if if like, if like my fiancé takes an axe, like, towards my head or whatever, and then all of a sudden just goes, no, 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 I'm fine. We should just get out of here. I'm like, no way, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you had exactly. an axe in my goddamn forehead, like, a few minutes you're ago. Right. We need to talk about that shit, like, a little bit more, <laughs> like, deeper than this, man. It's not just we like, should... oh, never mind. It, it's all good now. It, it's just a house, you know? We should get out of here to a place with a lot of witnesses and maybe some cops. Uh... <laughs> right? Like, that was the one thing where I was like, okay, I don't know. I need a little Please more. stop at the Home Depot. I don't fucking want to get in. <laughs> right? So that was that was one thing that kind of bothered me a little bit. Although I, I really did like the movie, you know? it was It's a good traditional horror movie, but, like, yeah. That was one of the things where... But kind of wasn't Poltergeist sort of that way too. Poltergeist sure. definitely was, but Poltergeist never really starts possessing the family as much. I mean, it, it right. steals the girl, but it's never uh, taking over their lives and making them do things that are messed up. Uh, I think something that's much more modern, we haven't really talked about this movie yet on the podcast, and maybe we'll get to it at some point, is uh, Insidious from a couple years ago, that's I think. Good one. It, is good and has a lot of similarities in this but takes it i think in a better direction and and does better stuff with the house possessing uh, or the spirits possessing family members than what this uh, achieves and certainly the resolution is darker but makes more sense like what you're saying is to it doesn't just go away right insidious was a different direction though but that's we should do that it was but yeah i mean it's it's got the the main idea of it is like the is the the house haunted by something and is that you know is that possessing the person and and what kind of damage is doing and can you get rid of it and i think yeah. insidious handles it better but it's got 30 plus years of hindsight to to make that story happen well and culturally i mean kind of like what you were saying before with uh how nowadays it's like you have to kind of take it to that next level with the way kind of things are now, you also have to remember that this is 1979 and they threw a lot of pretty heavy shit at you in Amityville Horror. And in that time, don't you think it was a little more of, we got to kind of back it off towards that and say, hey, look, don't don't worry. Like, they're okay and everything. Whereas nowadays in our dark fucking times we're in knowledge like that, people are like, I don't really want to see everybody be okay. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it seems like nowadays it's like, nah, some people got to get fucking axed here. Some people got to yeah. get murdered. That's just the way it is now. This is Soprano style lead characters somebody's got to die or it's just you know what i mean everybody can't end up okay you know yeah and and a lot of it relies on catholicism 
as being the thing to fend this stuff off. I mean, the Exorcist and Amityville Horror. There, there's a point where first they're they're trying to get a priest in to, be, to bless the place. Uh, he gets run off. The nun gets run off. They wind up going around with the crucifix that had gotten turned upside down at some point, and they're trying to go and and use it to get rid of the spirits in the place. Um, but I don't know if that plays as much today. I, there was a movie a couple years ago. I, maybe it's one we're doing from from below or whatever. As above, uh, as, as above, above, so below. below. Uh, if if that's the one I'm thinking of, then that involved a Catholic priest coming in and being part of it too. I'm trying to remember because I saw a couple movies around that time, and I don't remember if that's the right one or not. Um, yeah, okay. there was one recently that I think had Jim Caviezel or something in it that was similar, and there was. They they introduce some of that stuff is the Catholicism or the priesthood able to fend off these evil spirits or not and what happens with it, um, but that's not really where society is today. I don't think they look to have just religion be able to fix these things. I think that they believe that the evil spirits or the darkness is more powerful than what organized religion is, and that's a statement about how society has kind of moved away from organized religion a lot uh whether or not that's valid is something to argue on another show but it does show i think what horror fans want and how they want things to get resolved doesn't always get tied up in that clean bow like that anymore and it's been done before Mm -hmm. like you said i mean you you know how many horror films have you seen where it's like yeah religion kind of is a thing that you know kind of conquers all sort of you know it's easy way to end it yeah, I mean, how many horror films do you see where, or or even random uh, action movies, superhero movies, where somebody's mind gets possessed, and they're all fucked up in the head, and they're they're like trying to talk them down. You you gotta you've got to work yourself out of it. You're you're in there. You're stronger than this and everything. And they manage to talk them out of that, and it just becomes so cliche. Uh, the movie I was thinking of was Deliver Us from Evil, uh, not mm. not as above so below, but it it is kind of like. I think we prefer our horror to be scarier and not is able to be overcome because we don't want the happy ending. We don't want a clean, everybody gets away scot-free. We, we want it to continue because we want to keep being scared. People go to the scary movies to kind of walk out of there and be on edge. And if it all gets cleaned up and, and put neatly away at the end, then you lose that. And I think a, a movie like It Follows, you walk out of it and you're like, well, did they get away with it or did they not? Do, you know, do they survive or don't they? And that sticks with you more. We watched, uh, like Matt was saying, uh, Megan is Missing. There's not a happy ending to <laughs> Megan is Missing, <laughs> but it, it, it stands on your chest. I mean, it, it makes you feel just like anxious for, for weeks after you're still feeling anxious about it. And that that's a much stickier film than I think Amityville is, where they all get away and nobody really, nobody really takes any horrendous damage in this. No, but I guess you you know the the non-resolution though you could also say is the house is still there. Yes, you know yeah. it's still there for people to go back to and and you know and could this happen again kind of thing you know so there really isn't a resolution to the problem doesn't really go away it's just they go away from the problem you know yeah and then they they go with that and in the, the sequels they up the ante each time more and more you do see more people dying you do see things where not everybody escapes or nobody escapes 
Uh, and I think that was that wasn't planned. It's not like they did the first movie and think we're going to make fourteen more of these. <laughs> it's just that that's they know the next time. Well, we can't just give it this neat and clean ending again. Right. So you want to read it? Yeah. Sounds sound like something you guys want to do. Um. Cool. Well. Uh. As always, we're going to rate it on three categories on a zero to five scale. We're going to do rewatchability, the story, and the scariness. Nate, as our guest, you have to start. We'll start with rewatchability on a zero to five scale. Okay, see, but mine doesn't really mean. Oh, I know. Rewatchability, I mean anything because you have nothing to compare it to of other ones. Rewatchability, if I was giving. We talked about The Exorcist and The Shining. If I would give those a four or a five, because they're two of my favorite movies, and this is around the same time, mm-hmm. Exorcist being a little bit earlier than this, um, I would say it's got about a three of rewatchability. There's not a whole lot, I feel like. Um, like, I watch like, something like, to compare, like, Shining, Exorcist kind of thing, especially, like, Shining, I feel like if I watch it again, I'm going to catch some other different things. Mm-hmm. That's where, for me personally, that's where I get a rewatchability kind of thing. Um vibe uh this one i don't i don't feel like i you know when i watched it again for this podcast i didn't really feel like i caught anything new than when i watched it the other few times that i've seen this movie over the years so no that's that's a valid point um i'll also give it a three i mean it's a good movie if it was on i would seriously consider watching it again but james brolin like i said the ruggedness and everything that that brings you at least to a three then (laughs) the manliness um, it's a really good movie and it's, it's definitely up there on my list of movies. It's just, there are a lot of movies above it. I would rather, rather watch Corey. Uh, I can see that ruggedness in the mirror every day. I'm going to give it a one and, and I'm not saying it because it's a shitty movie. Although I don't think it's a fantastic movie. It's just not my kind of movie. The, these kinds of house possession movies, maybe it's because my wife watches Poltergeist fucking once a week. Uh, but <laughs> Just not my jam. Touche. Um, let's do story, 0 to 5, Nate. Story-wise, um, I actually would give this one a, a good 4. Because I do like this story. I found it intriguing. And to be honest with you, uh, when I when I watched it originally, I was a, I was a punk-ass kid. So that didn't, that didn't make you know. But when I watched it as an adult, it did make me go and look some shit up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like the fact that I like stuff that's based on at least some tangible, real kind of thing. And like I said, there really is a house. There really were murders that took place there, blah, 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 like some of that kind of stuff, which makes it a little bit interesting to me. So story-wise, like I said, I wanted to look up the Lutzes. I, I was intrigued by the uh, by the whole lawsuits afterwards and everything else that went on along with it. There, you know. So story-wise, I kind of like the story, the idea. I know, Corey, this like you're saying, like it isn't your thing. I'm not a big haunted house guy either, but um, if if it's, I either like a story to have, a, like I said, a basis in reality or just a super cool cleverness. This does not have a super cool cleverness, but there is a basis of reality that kind of makes it intriguing to me. Uh, I'm gonna go three. I mean, it's kind of it started a it started a lot of shit. You know what I mean? It obviously started 15, 16, 17 sequels or whatever, um, and it probably helped a lot of filmmakers think of ideas. So. Not great, not terrible. Solid movie. Corey. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to go three as well because oh, I agree. Wow. I think the story is there. I And I appreciate the fact that, again, that we're going back to 1979. I'm seeing this with new eyes on an old movie, and I've seen a lot of shit that's come after that's been based around stuff that was introduced in movies like this. So you have to give her credit where it's due. 
And I, I don't have a problem with, with the story or the storytelling in it. I think it was solid. It's just mm-hmm. my interest in seeing it again is different than what I think the quality of the film is. And I think the quality of the film is absolutely fine. Awesome. Now, I'm really excited to see this one. Nate, scariness. Man, I get scared pretty fucking easy. And when you give me, like, haunted house film, like, things that I can, uh, like, I can relate to or whatever, haunted house movies always scare me. Even Poltergeist fucking scared me. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, things that get me are things I can relate to. And um, and also... Uh, religion things i know like you were saying before how like that, that's kind of played in this and that but um i i find theology to be fascinating whether i believe in it or not um in certain aspects um i just if there's such an elaborate beautiful tale that's told in any kind of theology in my opinion i think it's it a bad rap a lot of times because idiots like to kill each other for money and then you know obviously blame religion for it all and everything like that but if you take it you know for what it's worth and take away all the things we do to it um, that shit scares me. So that's my long-winded way of saying, like, yeah, it's, it's. I couldn't fucking walk in a couple of different rooms after I watched Amityville Horror, but I'm kind of a pussy when it comes to this stuff. Not gonna lie, the whole haunting shit and everything like that. Even though I know no ghosts, not gonna lie. But so zero to five. <laughs> Fuck, man. I'll say a four and a half. All right. But that, but like I said, man, I'm a pussy with this stuff. I'm not hey, a podcast there's wrong with that. You, you, you don't have to apologize, man. Yeah. yeah, you don't. No, wait, first <laughs> yeah, you don't. It's not like it. It's not like we're swishing it around and then spitting out in a bucket and saying, "Oh, it's got a nice mm. earthy tone to it" or anything. It we we watch the same fucking movies as you do, and we base opinions off of our own fucking experiences. Yeah. And and there's not a goddamn thing wrong with you having feelings about a movie one way that that's the same or different from us. And I was. It's the alpha male in me that doesn't want to admit true. that something like fucking watching Amityville or Poltergeist or whatever scares the shit out of me. See, like if I'm if I'm around like my son, I'm gonna say, "Ha this is this is nothing. I can handle this." But in my head, I'm like, "Fuck, man, did you see that thing move? That wasn't supposed to fucking move. <laughs> fuck, man, did you see that cross go up <laughs> down? That's some shit. What the fuck?" But in see, my head, I'm like, oh, "Okay, yep, there you go." Cor- or, like, Corey doesn't know Nate there. like I do, and and it's kind of nice <laughs> to see like. This is like the one thing I got on him in terms of like alpha maleness Absolutely. is that there's not a lot of this shit that bothers me. So keep that in mind, motherfucker. I'm going to rig awesome. shit up. <laughs> I'm going to make speakers move during practice. Hey, I'm, I'm just going to say I've I've been very desperate that no one ever has us do the Descent movies uh, because I cannot handle enclosed spaces to the point of just seeing a movie with people in enclosed spaces freaks me the fuck out and again my wife watches the movies all the fucking time i have to leave the fucking room so if you want to see me cry like a little bitch <laughs> on here say oh yeah we're gonna do the descent and uh then you can feel perfectly secure in your alpha maleness gotcha. over me beautiful or like any edgar Allan poe stories or anything like that pretty much doesn't really work for you very well huh. um the whole buried alive thing and all that kind of stuff it depends on how it's presented like there's a scene where somebody is crawling through uh, a tunnel in the commercials for the new Blair Witch, and every time I'm looking, I'm like, mm, maybe I don't go see this in the theater. My wife's like, we're gonna see that opening night, right? I'm like, maybe you are. Uh, I'm gonna be next door watching some fucking Pixar shit. I'm, I'm pretty upset that they haven't put out movie times yet. Yeah, for here at least. Yeah, I don't know. That's me being pissed off. I want to go it, see it Thursday. It, does the new Blair Witch have like a really big? Is it like a big nationwide? Right now, if you look anywhere, there's no movie times, period. And it comes oh, out Friday. It says the movie will be there, though. Yeah. 
Matt's your rating for scariness? Um, I'll go with three. Was threes across the board. Um, it definitely like it doesn't concern me about things moving in the other room. It's not as scary to me as it is to the point of how Nate sees it. But I just remember the first time I saw this movie, it was a little unnerving. James Brolin does such a good job of like playing a sketchy, like something's not fucking right type character. And then when he turns around and kind of takes it out on his family, it's, you know, it's a movie that stuck with me. Not like Megan is missing stuck with me, but it, it stuck with me. There's a lot of movies where you watch them and you can forget them about the next day. This one I like. I like it enough that I got excited for the reboot, even though the reboot wasn't that good and kind of a different story. But, you know, it did things to me. Sexual it's... things. Corey, what are you saying? Who who wouldn't? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to give it a two for scariness. I didn't find it particularly scary. I, I do like where Brolin's character goes, how he does kind of become more and see as it goes along. And this actually came out before The Shining did by about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's not fair to compare him too much to Nicholson because, first of all, it's fucking Nicholson. Um, but secondly, this... Again, this came before that, and I think that if you if you've seen The Shining so many times, and then you come at this, it's gonna feel pretty hollow in comparison. But if you recognize that this was again a precursor to a lot of other things, uh, you you've got to give her credit where it's due. He did a he did a pretty solid job. Agreed, agreed. That was a good talk. And the pig face in the window at the end was yeah, weird. <sighs> Forgot about the pig face with the red eyes. Yeah. 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 I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> um, ah, shit, I saw this in high school. But um, yeah, awesome. So uh, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pot at gncast.com or you can leave us a message on the website. Uh, we want to hear from you. I haven't heard from anyone in a while. I'm getting a little lonely. Uh, I want to know what I can do better. Maybe do my hair different. Um, I'm working out, so give me a minute. I'll bring down the pudge, but... Corey's By the already... way, I'm drinking milk, and this is how I look when I'm 98 years old. <laughs> Corey's a James Brolin-looking motherfucker over there with a slick bag right. Fonzie hair and luscious beard. Um, but yeah, let us know what we can do better, different, anything, all of the above. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast of Terror. You can also subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and any of your favorite podcatchers. Leave us feedback, whatever one you like. Five-star reviews, always welcome. If you, you leave a five-star review... pictures of clowns. Yeah. I need spank bank material, and if you review the podcast i'll send you cookies mm-hmm. right reminder on that um all subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe you can follow us or you can find us on facebook under galactic netcasts um this is usually the part where i ask our guests where people can find you and the things that you're involved in but nate i know you uh don't really like social media and i know where to find your podcast and there's already a link for it because i'm on it I'm on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, you can find me at NateDoesn'tGiveAFuck.com. Um, <laughs> no, listen to listen to MMA Metal Rounds and Breakdowns, um, a podcast that I'm on. If you want to listen to my dumbass talk about shit I actually know about, um, and thanks guys for letting me come on your podcast. I love it, and I will absolutely be listening next week too. Thanks, so. man. Yeah, it was cool to finally get you on. I mean, obviously, I've known you for a really long time, so I can't really gush over you because uh, i haven't known you nearly as long and i can because like i said i'm a big fan of your show thanks buddy appreciate it likewise uh what is it 11 11 years ago today 10 years no 10 years ago this week nate is when we started sky and the execution 
our first band yep. together. Yep. That's awesome, man. I did not know that. Why the fuck do you know that? Because it was the week I turned 21, and I'll be 31 on Friday. Did we do anything for that? Did we get you nice and faced up when you turned 21? I don't remember, so probably. You didn't get laid. No, <laughs> fuck no. I didn't need to, I though. You didn't get laid, so. Yeah, as cool as it great. was, it was kind of a second-rate thing. But <laughs> We did a lot of drinking, so... If Perfect. you missed my birthday, we made up for it, I'm sure. So he's not exactly sure whether he got laid or not. <laughs> no, I know I didn't because I'm pretty sure they would have told me. Oh, <laughs> uh, Corey, where can people find you? Uh, you can find the comics that I help publish at don'taskcomics.com. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt the Lifeguard. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. Here. We'll catch you guys next week. Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from the Jukebox Podcast. Are you a huge fan of music, or perhaps you'd like to expand your sonic horizons? Well, I am here to help. Every month, the Jukebox digs deep into the finest of the world's independent music. From folk to blues to hip-hop, rock and roll, jazz, spoken word, experimental, even classical, we spend time with it all. Plus, I bring industry professionals and fellow fans on Jukebox roundtables every month to discuss the latest news and topics in the industry. Join me at jukeboxpodcast.com and on all major podcatchers. Next week, I'm giving Corey the week off. He's been a busy little boy. Been uh, working hard. I'm old. I get winded. Working dead ass hard. Uh, Corey gets the week off. I'm going to be joined by episode one guest. If if you're if you've been here for the long haul. Uh, Grant Hill's coming back. I, I promise there will be better audio, given the fact that that was over a year ago, and I've gotten a little better at this. Uh, also going to be joined by another really longtime friend of mine, also bandmate, um, J.R. Balzer, who is on an episode of Rounds and Breakdowns, if you listen to that. <clears throat> Sorry. And then also another uh, uh, high school friend of ours, Drew Carlson, who's never really been on a podcast, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, Corey gets a week off. We're going to be talking the movie Bloody Murder, which is a Friday the 13th ripoff, if you've never heard of it. We're also going to be super duper drunk because we're going uh, to the peninsula of Wisconsin for a uh, beer festival. So we're going to do it audio, all the same crappy show. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be a really interesting time. So uh, be sure to check that one out or skip it if you don't want to listen to a show without Corey and I don't blame you. So thank you again for listening and we will talk to you guys next time. Stay scared, everybody, and eat a dick, Matt. Fuck you. pay for our web and audio hosting by supporting us on patreon by going to patreon.com slash galactic netcasts and pledge as little as dollars a month this has been a galactic network podcast for more go to gncast.com that's g-n-c-a-s-t-s dot com